British Strongman Podcast, episode 12. Hi Shane, how are you mate? I'm good, grafting away, tired, muddy, working on business ventures, trying to become a millionaire, just a daily. Are you good? Yeah, good man. Uh, right, let's get straight in. Let's get straight into it. So, uh, a question about peds uh, today to start off with. So, some someone was asking me the other day, and I thought you'd be in a better better position to answer. Basically, should you? Um, so someone like say in the mid thirties who's taking, um, say tests for example, should should he? Should he should you cycle it and come off, or should you go to a, a low low dose and a lower dose? What, what should you do? What, what do you think's the set? Yeah. Well, it, it it's going to vary and it's going to depend. Like the big variable is, uh, does he want kids? <laughs> um, because if he yeah. does, then he should come off. Um. And is he willing to potentially be on hormone replacement therapy for the rest of his life? Uh, if he is, then yeah, he should pro- he'd probably be better um, staying on in terms of a performance perspective. Um, the, the reason being is because post-cycle therapy is quite a long stretch of time, usually a lot longer than people... Um, give it credit for and it can take your body a long time to get back to that that homeostasis and oftentimes you'll be in a worse position than like if you had low testosterone when you did a cycle you know you may have even less testosterone after your pulse cycle therapy even if you've done everything by the book that's just kind of how it goes um from a performance perspective when you what they call it, if people don't know, is they call it blasting. That's when you take a higher dose of gear. And then you, you call it cruising, where you would bring your gear down to what people would call a hormone replacement or TRT dosage, where you're trying to... People, people say they're mimicking the natural testosterone that they would have produced when they're in their, in their prime. But to be honest, most people's cruise is still much more than what you would produce naturally. So from, from a performance perspective, you can understand that it's better because you don't have that break where you're trying to get your hormones steady and level. You won't have that period afterwards where you'll have, you know, that low testosterone that you maybe started with. And also even on your cruise, you're probably at a dosage that is, you know, giving you an advantage and you're in an anabolic state all the time. Um, so yeah. Anything else you want me to go into? Brilliant. <clears throat> so, um, so you, you t- you're talking mainly about test testosterone there. Yeah. Can you go on closer to the mic? <laughs> yeah. Can you can you hear me now? You just sound like you stood about a mile away. Right. Well, we're gonna gonna have to go with it anyway. I'll try and speak up. Right. Okay. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? I can. Yeah. Me me ears on my speaker. Um, so, so is it, is, what, what about, uh, other, other performance enhancing drugs like that you covered? Does it, were you talking mainly about testosterone there? 
Well, if you were to do a cruise, um, instead of coming off a new post-psychotherapy, you would probably only do uh, a low-dose testosterone because the goal of that is to basically let your body's uh, levels, you know, whether it be, it depends what you've been taking, you know, liver levels, your estrogen, prolactin, all that stuff, try and get them to a baseline level where you feel normal. Obviously, someone who cruises normal is different to a natural person's normal, unless they're doing a proper HRT dosage, which is, like I say, a lot less than what people would usually take. People would usually cruise on around 125 <clears throat> to 200 milligrams of testosterone every seven to 10 days, which is much more than what you would produce naturally. Um, so, so, so you're already at an advantage there is what I'm saying. Uh, if you were taking like a Decker or a Tren or something like that, that was what, that's what you would consider when you're blasting your gear. And then right. you've, you've got the option then when you finish that cycle, do I do a post cycle therapy and go back to being drug free or do I just drop back to a low dose of test? Uh, and, and, and that'd be the cruise. And the, the way, the way the pros do it, if you want to, so to speak, uh, you know, the people who, you know, they, they're continuously getting stronger year round after year round after year round and they're using PEDS. The way it works is um, over time, their cruise dose will get higher and their blast dose will get higher. So over a period of six, seven years, for example, someone's cruise six years in might actually be the same as what their blast was in their first cycle. Um, so, so you can see how steroids and promethazine drugs will, will escalate over time because the bigger you get, the more muscle you carry, uh, the stronger you get, the more of the drug you will require to get a, uh, the same response you're after, basically. So for the, these people who've been, um, say, on cycle for, ye for years, would um would they what what would they get a benefit from uh, like coming off completely or would would they, would they get like a big would they get a big decrease in strength or like what side effects could they expect for someone so if, who they, may, if they were coming off may, completely you mean yeah you know like some if somebody if somebody said right fuck i've been i've been on i've been on for like four or five years now i need to i'm going to come off for whatever six months and then get back to it like for, for health reasons or whatever like yeah. what what do you think what what could what could happen that would actually would that actually be healthy or would they would they like kind of yeah, taper it down a hundred percent it would be healthy and long term very beneficial but the problem is there is the short-term negatives that a lot of people this is why people get stuck on steroid cycles because they get to this point where they feel big, strong, they're hitting PBs, they feel invincible. And then they drop to a cruise dose. And that's almost like just pulling it back a gear or two, but you're still moving forward. You're still recovering better than you were naturally. Um, because one of the biggest benefits of steroids is protein synthesis. And for a natural athlete, if you do a heavy, intense training session, then you, your protein synthesis is raised for, I believe, 24 hours after that training session. That's why for natural athletes who want to grow, more frequent training is better. Because if you train every day, protein synthesis is ramped 
all the time. Um, so if you're training three days a week as a natural, you've technically got like four days there out of the week where protein synthesis um, isn't raised. Whereas a steroid user, protein synthesis is raised higher than any natural could ever get it all the time, even just sitting around doing nothing. Um, so as soon as you come off the steroids, you're going to lose that effect and um, you, you're not going to recover as well. Um, you're going to probably re require more protein than you did when you were on steroids to recover because, again, you've lost that ability to utilize the, the proteins you're eating, so you need to take more of it when you're natural. Um, and you're going to have a reduction in muscle mass, strength. Um, when you're going through pulse cycle therapy, your hormones can be up and down, um, especially if you've been on a long time because um, basically the longer you've been on and the harsher the drugs, the higher the dosage is, the harder the recovery process is. So your pulse cycle therapy is going to need to be um, quite harsh and strict. And yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a rough ride. But the reason why I say it's a short term thing is because after a while, I'm going to use an example here of like someone who's been on four years on loads of gear. It might take them four months to like settle into like what their natural body kind of is, which is a long time um, of, of being in a regression, I would say. And then at that point, you probably find that your blood levels are a lot healthier, your blood pressure is better, your cardiovascular system feels better. Just, you know, in general, you feel healthy and good. And if you then started continuing with your training and progressing naturally and then decided to get on cycle again, you would find that you got a huge rebound from the time off and you would probably get back to where you were before very quickly and on less gear so long term very beneficial short term massive head fuck and that's why people avoid it because that head fuck is a head fuck especially if you're an athlete that competes a lot like um how are you supposed to you know if you compete and turn up at these comps and you're 105 kilo jacked and that's just what people know you as all your mates know you as this guy who's jacked because you've been on for four years and then all of a sudden you shrivel down you know, it's, um, it plays with you, your brain and then you, you go, oh, fuck it, I'll just fuck it off and I'll get back on and they blow up again. And, and that's how people get stuck on um, steroid cycles. So what, what would you say to some people out there who are, cons who are considering maybe they think their time's right to come off, but they're, they're struggling with the anticipating these, um, you know, like the mental side effects of like, of actually not, not, not being able to lift as much weight for a little while or whatever, and not hitting the numbers they are in the gym. What, what would you, what could you do? What would you recommend that they could do in terms of training and goal setting that would, um, that, that would make the, them feel like their next training phase was um, beneficial and not just a waste of time where they're lifting less weight than yeah. they should be or whatever. So first of all, I'll tell you the most common example, and you'll probably think, any poor people listening will probably think, oh, I know a guy who did that. The most common thing people do is they know that they're going to lose muscle mass and strength, and they know people are going to say, how come you're weaker now? Uh, especially the people who aren't open about being on gear. Some people are open yeah. about being on it, and they'll just say, oh, yeah, I've come off gear. I'm fucking tiny. Uh, and that's the best way to be because you're open and honest, and you're not you know, playing mind games with yourself. But what a lot of people do is, 
they will change sport or change direction in training. They'll say, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to start cycling now. Uh, I just decided that I want to do, I'm sick of strongman. I'm going to take up cycling. But really all they're doing is coming off gear and losing loads of weight. And then people go, oh, you've lost loads of weight since you started cycling. Oh yeah, I'm really into it, you know. And then six months later, they fuck off the cycling and get back. Uh, this pretty much sounds like me, by the way, when uh, I've said I'm doing yoga. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that wasn't, to be fair. But that, that, is, that is what happens. If some guy says to you that he's doing yoga for a bit, it means he's coming off gear. There you go. Um, anyway, so but what you what, should do, what you should do is you should... Yeah. Continue on exactly as you were before, training clever and smart, but just adjust your training sessions to RPE-based work because then you will have um, control over your load. Because if you come in with the mindset of, I'm going to do this for five and it just ain't happening, you get disheartened. Whereas if you just accept an RPE phase for six months and, and just go with the flow, you're still training the movements uh, you're building skill. You can use it to work on weak areas. Like if you know you had really poor shoulder mobility and stuff like that, <clears throat> um, you can just change direction of your training, but still make it specific to your sport and get a lot out of it. Um, and in those phases of training, what you're doing is you're setting up for that next cycle. You're getting rid of all the pains and niggles and mobility issues. Maybe, maybe you're a low bar squatter who gets tendonitis in your elbow and you can focus on getting a better low bar position so that when you lift heavy again, you're more efficient, so you'll lift more weight when you get to the same strength, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's absolutely brilliant. That's that's what I was thinking, to be honest. I was thinking, like, um, <clears throat> applying the same principles of, basically, like, in, in any given training week, for instance, managing recovery, it's the same principle, isn't it, where you might have, like, say, say, for instance, you've got a max effort Monday and you blow your load on max squats and max deadlift and then the next day you're training and you feel like a zombie. Like, it's it's the same kind of principle of you've got to get that mindset right of you're not going to be able to max out on your, your log or your overhead the, the day after blowing your load on Monday. Yeah. Um, so you set, set your goals for that session. It might be... Um, it might be something more technical based or like you said, like RPE based or skill based or positional based or, or whatever. So, so I think that um, for people like coming off and maybe losing the force production um, gains that they've got or feel like they've got that, um, they're going to have that drop off that like anticipate it and, um, and actually just, just set the, set the goals accordingly. Like actually think, right, well, my force production is not going to be, uh, as good for however long it's going to be almost like a damage limitation approach but mm -hmm. can i improve my can i improve my skill and like you said when they when they go back on are they going to be able to get that base level up to to start from a from a from a from a bigger a bigger broader broader base than uh, than they did on the last cycle yeah and, and something that you can train whenever isn't it is you can yeah. always work on your mechanics um and you can look back at your old videos and go you know my squat form's really inefficient because i was so focused on adding numbers whereas now you can stay you can stray away from that and work on building a beautiful efficient mechanic you know mechanically favorable squat and then yeah. when you do get back on the gear um <clears throat> 
you'll carry those mechanics um, with you as you gain the strength again. So I, th- I, th- I think another thing as well that um, I've, I've noticed a few people do. I think you, I think you, I think I've noticed you do it before, where you have a, like um, you set your goals when you invert, like when you're natural or when you're off, and then um, you you have your PBs within that kind of phase. You know that you, the, yeah. It's not like you peak. You're not in your peak peaked. Um, performance you might be at 80 percent of that or 85 percent of that or whatever but yeah, that's but you can but, 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 but if you if you set your if you set your mind right that whatever it is 80 percent 85 percent that there's no reason why that pb can't go up over time uh when you're when you're at the equivalent phase in the future so a way that i can relate to this personally like i've i and i struggled with the mind fuck at first is doing stuff like um, where I do like say beltless exercises, for instance. If I'm posting stuff on social media, stuff that um, like I'm proud of to an extent, or I'm doing this and progressing on my main set of three on my top triple on Mondays on deadlifts or whatever, and then on Thursday I'm doing like some beltless shit or some pause stuff that people just don't, people just look at and it doesn't doesn't look impressive. The load's not impressive because I can't produce as much force because I'm doing it without my belt. Like you kind of, at first it can be a bit of a head foot, but then you've got to, like I know all my beltless PBs, if you will. I know all my beltless sleeveless PBs and stuff like that. And um, I just fi- find it beneficial that um, just to make sure I have those little stakes in the ground that whatever, or, or, or even I can, I can picture in my head, days where I feel like a fucking zombie and I can't even do like a bodyweight squat down and I know how I f- instead of fucking training off like I maybe used would have done a couple of years ago I just think right I'm in zombie mode I'm in like level six zombie mode here um I'm gonna hit some pbs compared to what I was in level six zombie mode six weeks ago or whatever so I think um well, talking shit again, aren't we? But um, well, what you're you know, saying is 100% you know right. I mean? And the one thing I want to say, by the way, first of all, is I was using an example of someone who's been on gear for years and years and years and used a lot of gear when I said they're going to shrivel down, turn to nothing. Um, because if you're on that high dosage for that high amount of time, you're basically carrying a body that isn't really yours, so to speak, because you've built it over so much time. But if you just do your standard, like even a SAM cycle, for example, let's take that at the other end of the spectrum, six to eight weeks of Psalms. There's no reason why you should feel, you'll feel a drop off in recovery and there'll be a little bit of like, you'll, you'll notice something missing, but it's not like a crazy difference. So again, you should have your PBs in your brain. Like Josh says, like what did I hit last time when I was on Psalms? Well, I'm not going to take Psalms again until I hit that number naturally. And then that's like a goal you can have before and you've got like a bit of an incentive like oh if i hit this number i get to fucking get on some psalms and get really strong again uh, so it kind of like motivates you a little bit um th- when you take it to the other end of the spectrum with gear when somebody's been running trend decker testing you know gram plus dosages and they're carrying loads of muscle mass it's just not realistic i don't care what anybody says there's a reason why bodybuilders shrivel down when they stop bodybuilding is you cannot maintain that size and strength naturally um, but for your average bloke who runs gear usually does the standard kind of 12 week cycles 
and then comes off. There's no reason why you can't match what you hit on your last cycle natural if you do a good training phase and then you go, right, I'm just as strong now as I was last time on gear. I'm going to do another cycle. I wonder where I'm going to go. And you might only get two cycles in a year, but you're going to stay healthy and you're going to have this 50-50 split of being natural and being um, enhanced instead of just being enhanced for like five years. You don't even know what your natural strength is at that point, do you? You don't even know what being, you don't even know what being natural felt like anymore. Quality. Right, love, love that chat. That was brilliant. Um, let's move on. So Shane, I'm really, really interested now. So what, now you're getting your... Um, some a lot of people may know that you got you getting your little your your own little setup with your um, place where you can train and you're you're the boss and you can do what the fuck you want and train like a savage blah 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 blah. What are you um, most looking forward to training like in the next in in the short term really in the next three months? What are you most excited about training personally? This is going to sound real weird. But I'm honestly looking forward to training um, sandbag, axle, and log again, um, which is none of the powerlifting movements, strangely enough. But the reason being is because I really want to go for it. And I feel that, um, well, log... When you say go go for it, go for what? Like the, like 20, well, fuck's next year, 2021. Uh, when all the comps start coming out, um, I want to do what I did when I was like 20, 21. Basically what you're doing now, like every month a comp, a comp, a comp, a comp, and just um, just be a savage again instead of, oh, I need this much time to peak. And I just turned into a little fucking bitch and it pissed me off. And I was like, oh, I need, I need this much time to peak. And then I got a deal and then I got to do this and I've got a torn bicep. And I was just like, you're whining little fucking fanny. And it started pissing me off. And then I just realized, you know what? Just stop being a little bitch. I said to Shannon, like, me, me, well, me and Shannon saved up to do our garden up. And I was like, you know what, Shannon? I'm sorry, but we ain't getting no garden because I need to be a fucking animal again. And luckily she's all right and said, thank God, because you're, you're a depressing fucker since you started yoga and let me make my own facility. <laughs> Brilliant. So, so, uh, so, the, so yeah, I'm going to train sandbag axle and log because I'm shit at sandbag and I miss log. I've not logged since I trained um, in Hicks's, I don't think, because uh, when I went to Body Evil, they don't have a log. And I got really good at strip log. I never, I was supposed to get good at strip log and then start oh, you did, and never got a chance. Oh, wait, wait, wait there, Shane. You did, I think you did 150 for 2.5 in broom room, didn't you? That was, that's, oh, I did a bit of broom room, didn't I? Yeah. It was more like one rep and two, like one third reps, to be honest, Josh. <laughs> Pretty impressive though, man. Yeah, but I never got a chance to uh, do my next phase, which was push press, which I was well excited for. That's when I started being a bitch. But, but yeah, that's all. To be honest, Josh, I'm just looking forward to um, going in, having my own space, do what I want, and just like fucking just do what I used to do again. Cause I've not, I've not been since, since I tore my hammy. I know I say all fucking time. I've just not been the same. I think it just knocked me back. There was too much at one time. Like council kicked me out of MST. So I lost my gym. I lost my fucking hamstring and I just became a fucking a dickhead. Um, and I feel like I'm, I'm back to dragon mode. I've been walking around with Shane for the last like year and a half. And now dragons come out and said, listen, bitch, get in back seat. I'm driving this fucking vehicle. <sighs> yeah. Like, 
I think it's I think it's going to be great. I, like you, I suppose I can relate to you in a lot of ways in terms of the fact that um, we both don't like being constrained or doing like we we both need to do our own thing. You know, like um, you know, like say, say for instance, you 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 training at my at like say my gym or whatever, like all the kits there, all the stuff that you want, you have it, you can have it however you want. I'll get, I'll get new bars, whatever, but always like at the back of your mind, it's always like, Oh, I can't, what if I go and smash this plate? It's not mine. Do you know what I mean? Like always, that's what I always sense though. I always think that a bit like what I was like at 315, like everything was great. It was brilliant. It's fine. Yeah. I know what you mean. It's uh... a, Especially because your just, kit's so beautiful and expensive, and I just think I think your gym is class, and um, I'm just always scared to go. F- I felt like I was kind of like maybe maybe holding my hype and you know just holding back a little bit because I used to do shit like just throw stuff, <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, obviously you don't want to yeah. do that when it, when it's someone else's place. Yeah, well, I, I I get that, I get that, and that's that's what I'd I'd feel like if it was was somewhere like I think it's just the the personality, isn't it? The we, we we like we don't we don't like rules. We don't like being told what to do. Not not that you were told what to do or anything, but like I could I could tell like sometimes when you because you know like well I am pretty laid back, aren't I? But like I remember some sometimes you'd you'd ask me stuff like oh can I can, do you mind if I do this or can I do that? And I'm like I don't give a fuck. Like you go and do you go and you go and do what you want, but I could tell it it kind of annoyed me a little bit that you were almost holding yourself back and not I could not be in like completely yourself you where you just think right fuck it I'm gonna go and be impulsive and not worry about any repercussions or whatever do you know what I mean Yeah, like I like that's, an, why, uh, um, that's why body evo for me. I'm glad I went there because I probably would have just sat at home and done nothing. But because Body Evo is more of that, well, it's, it's the nice gym, but, you know, it's more that bodybuilding style gym where they just people just do stuff. You know what I mean? You can just be like, oh, I fancy pressing these fucking random dumbbells. I'm just going to do this. And the machine, oh, I'm going to fucking stack this machine. So even though I was doing random shit, I was still lifting, basically. And I was lifting uh, quite, quite um, heavy because I was just trying to, Basically, the bodybuilders are actually pretty fucking strong. <laughs> so I kind of felt like if, if I was training with one, I was like, fucking hell, I need to slap a plate on you. I'm going to look right, dickhead. The strength guy getting owned by this uh, bodybuilder. Quality, mate. Um, did, did you have something you are going to talk about next day? I did, and then I've completely, absolutely, 1,000% forgot. I'll tell you what I'll ask you, because I tell you what I get asked all the time, and you can, uh, you can chime in on this one, right? Um, knee wraps so what would your advice be for someone who um, has not used knee wraps before and um, the, the first thing they say is uh, what, knee, what, what knee wraps should I buy um, what, how would you break down to someone what knee wraps are, are, are good starter wraps and how to learn to wrap them etc um, I'm not You'd be better leading on this, to be honest, mate. I think you've got more experience on this. What I what I would it's say, over. if 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 someone if someone asked me, I'd say, go go and watch it, go and watch a 
one of your favourite lifters who's really successful with wraps and like basically copy what they do because there's like so many people seem to have like a subtle subtle kind of difference and I think I think what people do in terms this is just talking about technique by the way like what people seem to do with their technique is they fuck themselves up with um they'll get like three or four different lifters with three and four Andy Bolton does it this way Tom Martin does it this way whoever Hicksy does it this way or whatever and then they come with and their heads pickle because they they don't know which, which kind of way to do yeah um I think just 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 commit to one um and I would say if you're just starting out and just having a play just borrow 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 a set of um what one of your mates see how they feel have a bit of a play um first first time doing them what i the biggest piece of advice I'd, I'd give would be start off really loose with the wrap and don't don't fucking kill yourself because um you you're just not going to be um it's going to take a couple of sessions for you to 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 basically stop stop you feel like your legs legs going to fall off I remember. I remember. F- first person who ever wrapped me was you about f- four years ago, Shane. Was it? <laughs> you wrapped me about four years ago. I was doing like something like one forty, one forty squat, something like set of five or something. And then um, I don't know why, but I got you to wrap me, and you fucking honestly, it was probably my worst experience in when lifting. Why well, I felt like little... four years ago I knew nothing about wraps, but I probably pretended I did. So, <laughs> well, you, you you put them on so tight, and I remember I was like nearly failing one forty that I was just doing without with like bare, bare knees. Like it, like I couldn't get my head around it at the time, but it actually made it worse. And yeah, I just thought 100%. I I just, I just thought I just thought am am I, am I just being a, a pussy or whatever? And I thought no, I'll, I'm gonna gr- like be gritty and grind through it. And I, went, I just just couldn't fucking I, I couldn't produce force through my legs, so um, so so just just have a have a couple of sessions like um, where, where you're wrapping three or four times and doing stuff like say after the set keeping them on for say for for thirty seconds to sixty seconds or whatever just to get used to that like let let your let your leg almost desensitize if you will. And you'll find that instead of trying to wrap it too tight to start off with, that your leg will desensitize after a couple of sets, and you'll you'll just be able to go go with a tighter wrap, and you'll feel in a lot more control, and you won't get disheartened as as well. Um, I I use it. I I like the Cerberus Ultras. They're they're the ones that I've I felt the the comfiest for me and my style. Um, and my style of squatting is quite slow, eccentric, controlled. Mainly because I'm shit at squatting, I think, um, and because I'm going down with the weight and I'm uh, just shitting myself every all the way, even with like hundred <laughs> kilos. But anyway, go, go on. You you uh, explain explain the like say for instance like say you know one of the ranges like say I don't know take the strength shop range and and explain what the different strengths are and how they how they they'd um, suit different kind of lifters you know that like say what would suit a faster eccentric you know like a five bar like a high bar style bomb it down compared to 
like a slow low bar rap what would what would be the difference that you'd you'd advise well like i said before when i rapped josh four years ago i got taught to rap just put it on as tight as you can and just fucking grit and grind it and that's all i knew and i never i actually never squatted in wraps for a long time uh, i just squatted in sleeves because i didn't enjoy them because of the same reason um josh said it just hurt too much and didn't like it and it wasn't until I actually started powerlifting and when I, when I get into something, I'm like all in and just fucking research it to death. So that's when I looked into knee wraps. And that's when I realized that, like Josh says, you don't need to do it that tight. Um, and also, um, only recently, I mean, you saw it as well, didn't you? Connor showed us what the inside of a wrap looks like. Um, so it, that kind of shows how they work as well. Um, so what I would say is, the, the biggest thing to do is it, you need to look at the circumference of your, your knee and your quad as well, because um, if you like Hicksy, who's got a leg like a fucking oak tree, you're going to need and get more benefit from a stretchier three meter wrap because you're going to get more reps. But if you're like a 63 kilo girl, I don't think that you really need to go all the way to the three meter range um, or get a stretchy wrap because you end up getting too many revs and you have this like massive fucking Iron Man knee wrap on your leg. So your leg size has definitely got something to do with um, which wrap's going to suit you best. But whatever wrap you buy, just like Josh says, start light. And the, the, the way I teach it, and because my, my Shannon's just squatted a PB in sleeves, uh, high bar, about two weeks ago, and she's gone back to wraps and she's worse in wraps than she is in the sleeve. So what I've been trying to teach her is wrap the knee wrap like it's a knee sleeve, but just a little bit tighter so that she can just do the same squat and get a little bit of extra spring. And then every week, just crank it a little more. And um, remember, the, it's a pattern that you're putting on your leg. So remember where you start, remember where you finish, and remember how you like to wrap, whether you just go straight up and back down or you do crisscrosses. Make like a pattern in your head that you can repeat like every time. And like you said, with the different rap styles, Tom Martin, Sixies, fucking whatever, just pick one because they're probably all not too different. Um, but with regards to squatting styles, what I actually think now is different to what I used to think. And I think that how you wrap the knee wrap actually makes the difference to your squatting style rather than the actual knee wrap itself. So if you like to do the slower eccentric, I would say that you need to have a stiffer wrap that um, you wrap very tight because you want to be able to let the wrap take some of the load and be hard for you to do the eccentric. Uh, whereas if you're like a narrow stance uh, high bar squatter and you want to bounce at the bottom, you could still use that same wrap, but just wrap it a little looser so that you can do the eccentric quicker. Um, I used to think that to be fair, mainly came from Cerberus just because they market the wraps as stopping power wraps and rebound wraps. But, the, you know, I've realized that the the stopping power wraps give you more rebound than the rebound wraps if you wrap them right. So it's just like a marketing thing. And I kind of think that's where it came from. And I got suckered into it for a long time as well. Um, so personally, I don't really think that um, the wrap itself is going to change what happens in your squat. I think it's how you squat it 
and how many revs you want around your knee. Like I say, a less stiffer wrap like the Cerberus rebounds. Don't know why I'm plugging Cerberus because they're little cunts. By the way, Peter from Cerberus, you're a little fuck. Um, anyway, sorry, Josh, I have to say that. Um, anyway, the Cerberus rebound, you'll get about 100 revs around your leg, but the Cerberus uh, stopping power ones, you won't get as many. But I still think you get better rebound if you wrap the stiffer ones tighter, if that makes any sense. Yeah, nice one. Um, right, let's uh, call it a day there. 